book of James tonight, a couple of verses, James five thirteen through 16. Let's talk about the subject, healing prayer. We need God's healing. Um, it says in Proverbs 17, verse 17, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So adversity is part of life. We like the easy ride, but unfortunately the car breaks down quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, tonight as we look at the scripture here, 513 through 16, as we look at prayer, we see that there is a God who brings healing to our lives. So I encourage you when you find that to stand our God's honor. And as I read the text, James five thirteen to 16. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Let's pray. Father, thank you for inviting us to pray. Father, we need you, and sometimes we miss that. I pray tonight that we would receive that, Lord, that simple truth. We need you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I was thinking on the way over here, I've told you guys before, sometimes I feel like I really only have two sermons in me. First sermon is, we are all a mess. Not true. Second sermon is, but we have a great Savior. And most of the time, it's a combination sermon. <laughs> and there's part of it says, I'm a mess, you're a mess. And the other part says, but we have a Savior named Jesus that delivers and rescues the mess. And uh, so tonight, as, as we look at the different kinds of mess, you know, boy, you got problems, I got problems, all God's children got problems. And thank God for a sense of humor. I had a lot of fun listening to them practice the skit. We'll have fun with that next week. Uh, and mind, and God kept laughing in the skits. So reminded me of God having a sense of humor. These are a couple of uh, uh, true things that happened, kind of funny stuff. But I guess it's really not funny when you think how people suffered. But in Connecticut, a man driving a stolen car inadvertently stopped a police officer to ask for directions out of the city. Uh oh. Uh, a man in England who sneezed several hundred times each day for thirty-five years was told by. Health officials, he was allergic to himself. Isn't that crazy? He was cured after another doctor discovered he simply had a reaction to oatmeal he'd been eating since childhood. Um, and, and get a hold of this. And in Thailand, an elephant ate 110 pounds of dried rice and then drank 65 gallons of water and within an hour exploded. <laughs> Sometimes we may feel like we're about to explode. Um, the different things that happened to us. Just looking over the passage, just briefly, a couple of truths here of three different kinds of prayer in the passage. First, verse 13, God says, hey, pray for yourself in the midst of the pain. Is any one of you in trouble? He says, pray. Hey. Uh, secondly, the, when you're sick, 
to pray. Is any one of you sick? It says, call the elders of the church to pray over you with oil, to pray over you and anoint with oil. Um, and, and then thirdly, when we find ourselves in sin, where we never intended to be trapped and, and, and stuck um, suffering in sin, he says to pray. Um, thus, when to pray, uh, first part of verse 13, when we're suffering, if anyone's in trouble and we have success, is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Uh, that times of that, that we don't understand where we're just sick. And, and then, of course, sin. Um, you know, you don't know when illness and sickness are going to trip you up or what you may face. Um, I was thinking about this a couple of years ago. My niece, I found out, was being sued. And the situation was she was going to work on the interstate and there was a huge car pileup. And before she knew what was happening, she tried to hit her brakes, but the car behind her pushed her into the car in front of her. And thus, that happened to several people. Well, the person in front of her sued her for running into her. And, you know, all those people that were affected, including my niece, and she found herself in a situation where she just couldn't really control. She didn't want to hit this lady. She was pushed into her. And so often, things that happen to us, it doesn't just impact us. It impacts other people. You know, kind of like one of these pileups on, on the interstate where, where people are hurt um, when we find ourselves in trouble. I know my wife had told me, uh, working at Food City, that she was doing samples and kind of, I don't know, rough day, thinking about some personal things. And then a lady came up and she said, you want to try one of these samples? And she said, no. I said, are you sure? And then the lady said, I have cancer. You don't know often what kind of trouble other people are dealing with. That word trouble, it's a broad word. It means just about any kind of trouble. And there are so many kinds of trouble that we can face. Psalm, Psalm 34, 4 says, I sought the Lord and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And then we wonder, why am I getting shot at? You know, as one guy said, I, I had one of those days where I feel like God kept wanting to kill me and he just kept missing. You know, First Peter 4.12 says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. And he invites us to pray. Any one of you in trouble, he should pray. Cry out to God. Secondly, not just when we're in trouble, but when there's success, when things are good. God doesn't just want to hear from us when there's trouble. He also wants to hear from us when there's blessing. Uh, notice what he says, is any one of you happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Do you, do you sense the presence of God and the blessing of God? And so often what happens to us? It's in those times of blessing that we don't stop and thank God. But we go our own way. You know, I, I thought a long time ago, one of the struggles that we have in our land is that affluence breeds apathy, whereas pain breeds a cry out for help. Sometimes we are so blessed 
that we don't cry out for help. We think we made it. We think we achieved it. We think we've arrived. But it's God. Psalm 96, uh, first couple of verses, David says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Proclaim His salvation day after day. And then there's times of sickness. Um, I often say there's a friend of mine, and you, you used, I remember you'd always ask him, how are you doing? And he'd say, I'm vertical. And you know, I've thought about that so many times and said it so many times. You know, we'd go visiting in the hospital sometimes, and there were a number of times we'd walk out of the hospital, and he said, I'm just glad that we can walk out of the hospital today. It's so easy to take your health for granted until you don't have it. And praise God that all of us that are here were able to get here and walk and and get here by our own power. Because, you know, that's just not a guarantee. (laughs) It is easy sometimes to think it is a guarantee and to take it for granted, but it's not. But as you look at this section of of Scripture here on sickness, uh, verses 14 and 15, the question is not, does God answer prayer? Yeah, God answers prayer. The question is not, does God answer prayer of sick people? Yeah, He cares about sick people. The question is not, does God do miracles in an impossible situation? Well, they're called miracles for a reason. They don't happen every day and they don't happen frequently. But yes, God is all-powerful and He can do it. He, He can do it, a miracle. But the emphasis here is really not on God. The emphasis in the section of Scripture is on the church. When people are sick, when God's people are sick, the emphasis is not on what is God going to do. The emphasis, if you look at this section of Scripture, is on the church, on God's people. Uh, So let's look at that. Um, He says... Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up if he has sinned, but he will be forgiven. Um, So a couple of things here. When a person is sick, what's the church's role? It is to call the spiritual people. Those who... Well, you just know they walk with God. The elders of the church. Those who are respected. And you, the role is to call them and say, you know, I need prayer. And, you know, I got to thinking about that. How often do we do that? We want to play the tough game, don't we? I can get through this. I'm a man. Oh, baloney, get over yourself. Wouldn't it be beautiful? And I get it. I know sometimes why we don't do it. Because there is that risk factor of being vulnerable. But wouldn't it be beautiful if we could really, when we're just really hurting, call some godly people and say, will you come over here and pray with me? What a call. Now that's church. Church is not coming and and listening to a message and listening to music. Church is when the people of God experience God together. And and that's one way. When when the elders of the church, you you call the elders of the church, and that takes some humility. It's, you know, i got to eat a little crow or whatever. i got to say, God, I'm hurting. And I'm going to tell somebody, come pray. 
And secondly, this is the response of the elders. And notice it doesn't say elder, it says elders. There is something very powerful and something very beneficial in numbers. So when you have when you have a number of God's people who are spiritually mature coming together to pray. And what does that do? Man, it's church. It's it's when when you know that you're loved. Because so often you can come and you can touch but not be touched. This is an opportunity for us to touch one another and to be touched. When we come together and we're hurting and say, pray over me and come together and have those people come and to pray over you and to experience God's touch through prayer. So a job of the church that's there in what he is doing. And and thirdly, um, as they come and they pray, uh, another command, it says, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord place oil on his head. I don't think it's talking about pins oil or castor oil or any kind of thick motor oil to make sure the engine keeps running. Uh, probably more than likely it is talking about olive oil uh, frequently used in that day. Um, and it did have some medicinal qualities. So God may be saying through this that you know sometimes he works through doctors. Sometimes it is a long process. Oil is also representative of the Holy Spirit. It may be that God wants to do something instantaneously. I'll never forget years ago. I was trying to remember where I heard this. I couldn't find the illustration. But one of the uh, pastor's teachers, he was talking about when he first started preaching. And, you know, he was just green as a gourd, as they say. He didn't know what he was doing. And this guy called him up and said, gather the elders of the church, deacons, come over here and I need prayer. I was like, oh dear. So he got them together and he went over there and this guy was sick. And he had, he had, I can't remember what it was, but he had some terminal disease. He said, I want you to pray over me. So he said they kind of, they got together and they huddled around him. And this young preacher, he, he prayed. And God healed this guy. Healed him right there. And this guy said, I got up, scared me to death. I walked outside. I was sweating. I went to my car and I said, God, don't ever do that to me again. There's a sense, can God heal? Yes. And but so I'm just shocked when it happens. But the picture here is of all of the spirit of God. Also, it is a picture of anointing. It's a picture of, of health uh, as when kings were anointed. And, and thus a picture of, of God at work in that prayer. And, and I want you to notice, too, something else. Um, he says that the prayer is offered in faith. Um, it is a picture here. Not just how good I pray or how good you pray. But the picture here is that God in His power and in His presence literally guides the prayer. The prayer offered in faith is a prayer that comes in the very power of God. So that through His servants, the prayer is offered in such a way God's going to hear it and answer it. 
It's more than, yeah, God, you can do it. You don't scare me to death again, God. But it is a picture of, of God, I'm, I'm here and I'm open to what you're up to and, and what you're going to do. And as a result of that, notice what it says, verse 15, there's healing. It says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Um, you know, this is kind of a mystery. I, I can't promise we always know there's been people that we've prayed for and we prayed for healing and it wasn't healing i remember uh, a number of years ago a dear lady she's a new believer a friend of hers got very sick and we would get in these discussions because uh, she desperately wanted her friend to be healed and her friend was dying And I mean, she was so gung-ho. God is going to heal her. I just know it. I have faith. I believe in God. And she's going to be totally and completely healed. She died. And, you know, we got together and we were talking about it. And she said, I believed God with all my heart. And I shared with her, I said, you know, there's two kinds of healing. There's temporary healing, and there's permanent healing. Now, temporary healing, it's kind of like we want to go backwards. It's like we want the person to be like what they were before they got the illness or the sickness. You know, that's temporary healing. But guys, the truth of the matter is, we are all headed toward permanent healing. We're headed toward, you know, like Robert said, you know where your home is? It's not Kingsport, right? It's it, uh, it's heaven. Um. And there's that picture of we're all headed to a permanent home. But the healing is also more, and in that regard, it's more than just that disease being taken away. It is a healing of more than just the body. It's a healing of the spirit. It's a healing of the mind. It's a healing of realizing that God loves you and that his presence is there and at work. That is a kind of healing. It's, it becomes a oneness with God. Um, in that way, God works and he brings healing. All right, one last one here. Um, pray when we're in sin. Notice it says here uh, in verse 15, if he has sinned, he will be forgiven. The picture here is that this sickness may be due to sin. It's not always due to sin. Sometimes it has nothing to do with, with your actions. Sometimes it does. Sometimes there's something that has happened that's been a part of the sickness and the growth of the sickness. And it, Remember when David, uh, after his suffering, he tried to hide all his... Well, boy, did he go on a, a tour of sin, you know? And... Uh, we always talk about that on and on with Bathsheba and telling Bathsheba's husband. And and then for a year, suffering, trying to hide all that. Well, here he is in Psalm 32, 3 through 5. And this is when he had the cover-up going on. This is how he felt. It says, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. 
My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. God is a forgiving God. And we I've seen people, probably all of us have a, somebody where in the family, uh, who just held a grudge for years, years, and years, and needed to be set free of that. You know, I won't, won't tell the whole story. I've told it several times with my Aunt Pearl. She was estranged from her kids for years and years. And then the last six months of her life, she moved in with her daughter. And it was reconciled. It was a beautiful thing, that last six months. But there were a lot of years wasted. But you know, the good news is, at the moment we decide to forgive, healing can occur. Regardless of what's gone down the pike, reconciliation is available and can occur um, as God can work. Now, how uh, how should we pray? What comes to mind uh, with that? Verse 16, he says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. See, there's an interaction that we're to have with each other. We're supposed to be connected, not to talk about each other's sins, but that we can really be connected to really grieve with one another and to seek God's heart. And it says that the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. There is power in prayer. Hey, I encourage you, if you haven't signed up, I know uh, we've got about half the prayer list signed up, anybody, uh, as we start that in January. There is power in prayer. And we, we don't want to take that for granted. Uh, a couple of words here in dealing with that. One, we should pray aggressively. Prayers work. It's one thing to, you know, be like the little boy that, you know, he, he, he prayed for so much it just worried him. So finally he just wrote on the ceiling, God bless the whole world. And he got so tired at night he just pointed. That was it. But real prayer... Man, when you're honest before God. Sometimes when Cindy and I will pray together in the morning, I'll be honest, but it can be such a burden. It's like, God, there's just too many people to pray for. And I've already spent too much time praying for me. I can't get past me, and I've got to get over here and pray for all these other people. Prayer is powerful, and it's effective, and we need to be aggressive. Secondly, uh, fervent, because it is powerful and effective. Needs to be a passion in it. And thirdly is submissive. Because the truth of the matter is we we are control freaks. We're fix it people. But so often in life we cannot fix it. You know what I'm talking about. We have our advice. But sometimes we just can't fix it. Sometimes we have to submit to God. And that's the call, to submit to Him um, as He works. It, like I said, it's not a matter of just turning the clock back. It's a matter of going forward in Christ. 
finding this forgiveness. Healing in the Bible is not becoming what we were, but becoming all that God intends for us to be as he brings healing. I close with this uh, illustration. Hudson Taylor, the missionary to China, when he was making the voyage, uh, there was a, a problem, and the ship was headed toward an island of, where they knew there were cannibals, and the captain became rather worried. He said, I don't know what we're going to do. There's no wind, and we're headed straight for this island where, you know, they they like to put a little salt and pepper on you and put you in a pot and, you know, pay for dinner. And so anyway, uh, Hudson Taylor said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, well, I want you to pray. I hear you're a godly man, and, you know, ask God to bring wind so we can set the sails and not head toward you know, becoming a meal. And so Hudson said, okay. He said, but on one condition, he said, you have to go ahead and set the sail. He said, well, I'm going to look stupid. There's no wind. Why do I want to set sail until there's wind? He said, because we need to believe that God is going to bring wind. So you need to set the sail. He goes, all right, whatever. So Hudson Taylor went to pray, and after about 45 minutes, there was a knock on the door of his cabin. Mr. Taylor, you can quit praying now. We have more wind than we know what to do with. (laughs) As God answered prayer and brought the wind. Um, So, what is our part? We need to set sails. We need to be in a position where we are praying, looking for God. Let's pray. Lord, uh, there is certainly a need for healing among us, Lord. Now, I don't think that it's necessary for us to share a lot of details. Uh, we could probably be here till 11 o'clock if we started that with each of us. Because it seems, Lord, as you know, that sometimes we feel like we're either in a storm, about to head into a storm, or coming out of a storm. But boy, a storm always seems nearby. And uh, we are grateful, though, Lord, that you have invited us to pray. And we are grateful that even in the times of blessing where we may feel like, eh, we can, you know, wait till we need God. How foolish. We always need you, God. We are going to take a step the wrong direction without you. So, Lord, as we come before you, heal our hearts. Heal our land. Bring healing to us, Lord. Father, we know things aren't as they're supposed to be. But, Father, first, make us like Jesus. The call is not to change the world. The call is, Lord, change me. And then the call moves forward and out. Father, I I pray in this time we call invitation that we might take a a look inside and then a look up and then Father will be prepared to take a look out. (laughs) Thank you for prayer. Thank you, Father, that it is never a waste but it is a powerful tool, Lord, to be in connection with you. So as we sing, Father, may you be worshipped. In Christ's name we pray.